the Hasbula news. His monkey died. His friend. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw. But if Hasbula is sad, I am sad. This is Walking the Line. I am your co-host, Sean Seafeld. With your other co-host, Jacob Wyan. And your last co-host, Connor Seafeld. And we are the most diverse sports podcast on all platforms. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 21 of Walking Line. I am one of your anchors, Sean, joined as always by Jacob and Connor. Today, we're going to be discussing MLB, PGA, Olympics, UFC, soccer, Hasbula, uh, NHL, NBA, you name it. We're probably talking about it. But we're going to start off with MLB. And uh, as Connor wrote down, a bunch of bums are now playing in the All-Star game. Is he wrong? Not really. No, but, not. But, you know, there's, I don't know if I'd say bums, but yeah. Yeah, they're all right, to say the least. And the All-Stars, the, the reason bums are playing is because All-Stars have injuries or others just don't want to play. And have we heard any reasons why these guys don't want to play? Correa, um, Altuve, pretty DeGrom, much all them. Uh, pretty much all of them have just come out and said they that they want to rest for playoff pushes. Um, I know Beth said he has some nagging things that have been going on that he wants to rest this week for. Um, Correa and Altuve just said the All Star game's not important. We're trying to win a World Series. I was like, shut up, man. Yeah, that's a yikes. And this, these guys that replaced these fellers, we got Tim Anderson, Yachty, Juan Walker, Joey Wendell, who's playing all right, nothing crazy, Chris Bassett, Taylor Rogers, you know. Joey Wendell's batting 275, I think, right now. Yeah, 275, seven sure. home runs, and 251 ABs. So, I mean, he's playing all right, but, yeah, I mean, that's not deserving all-star of an all-star? Really. Yeah. Who who else could replace him? Because that was, I assume, Altuve's replacement, right? It was Altuve's replacement. Um, I mean, there aren't sure really that many big, uh, like big second basemen that I feel like could have replaced him. Um, cause pretty really much like everyone Mayhew? who's not playing uh, well. Yankees fans, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yankees fans, where are you at? Um, where are you at when you need them? Yeah, the I don't know. It's just yeah. It's it seems like yeah, like I said, bums, bums. Yeah. Right here. Will Smith yeah. should have been an all star, not Yachty, but that's true. That's what me and Connor were discussing. To Yachty. When Buster when Buster went down, we kind of thought that uh, maybe you, you know get Will your Smith wish, Jake. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that was not the case. They but just wanted to give him I, his 10th All-Star appearance because they don't know if he'll keep coming back. That's probably won't happen this year. Speaking of else is someone that went down. Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. Man's out for the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Braves, they are playing too hot, so this is another thorn in the side. Um, and just, you hate to see it, but... It, hopefully it doesn't affect him career-wise, that's for sure. 
Yeah, especially someone that we've seen make an, make an attempt at 40, uh, 40-40 season. Um, you know, I hope he comes back and he's able to keep his speed up, go for steals more. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was sad to see him go down. But I, once he landed and he didn't go for that ball, I was like, his knee is done. He just landed really awkwardly on the track. Yeah, and were they, who were they playing? They were playing the Marlins, who also hit him um, either earlier that game or the game before as well. I think it was the game before. Yeah. Um, The first pitch. The Marlins also did have a very uh, distasteful tweet about it saying, uh, it got deleted, but it was a tweet, it was a picture of Acuna on the ground and it said, want to watch Jazz hit an inside the park home run. Um, <laughs> it was a very distasteful yeah. tweet. Uh, they did not read the room at all, but yeah. they they did realize a mistake was made and they did delete the tweet. Um, but yeah, that's there, when you just let your social media guy and hit him with the reel it in, pal. Reel yeah, it in. there was. Uh, a, that's when you just fire him. You fire your guy. Exactly. Find someone new. Yeah, that guy probably is not going to tweet for them ever again. Yeah. And Jazz, he paid homage to Cunha the next game by wearing the yellow um, yep. batting gloves. So yep. that was a cool gesture. And uh, so last night, the Home Run Derby also happened, as it is the All-Star break now. And uh, Pete Alonso went back-to-back, as that man knows how to hit some bombs, as we've seen. But everyone, it seemed like... Everyone was talking about the BP pitcher, Dave Jouse. Is it Jouse or Joss, maybe? I believe it's Jouse. I don't know Joust. for sure, though. Okay. And, yeah, he threw an absolute gem, to be fair, despite hitting Alonzo. And it really wasn't much of a competition. Alonzo had 20 more bombs than the next closest in Mancini, which is kind of... It's kind of bonkers, but there was one round, wasn't it? Uh, Matt Olson and someone went like 26 27 in the first round, and then Mancini won by one, and he only had 13 in the first round, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, which is quite unfortunate, but. Yeah, Joey Gallo also let me down. Yeah, Joey Gallo yeah. really kind of blew it. Joey Gallo let everyone down. I was expecting him sure. to at least. Uh, I mean, I understand Shohei as well, but I thought he was also going to advance at least one round. He did not. Um, but what are you going to do? Yeah, and guys like Salvi actually showed out pretty well in that first round. That's who it might have been. Matt Olson. No, it couldn't have been. I don't know who it no, was it w- against Matt Olson. Was it Juan Soto, maybe? Um, no, it was Shohei and Juan. Here, I can pull up the thing. It was Shohei, Juan, and then it was um, Sal and Pete Alonso. Oh, okay. Um, and then it was Gallo, Story, Mancini, Olsen is what the... Mancini, Olsen. Okay. Well, maybe I was thinking of the Salvi um, Alonzo. Here, let me check really quick. Sorry. The MLB website is freaking impossible to get through. Um, But what was, what was our longest ball tonight? Connor, Jake, do you guys know? Uh, I don't know for sure. I know that we saw yeah. there was one ball that Otani hit during batting practice because they take batting practice before the uh, home run derby, and he hit one uh, 498 feet in batting practice. 
I do see uh, Pete Alonso's longest home run was a 509-foot blast. I think Juan Soto hit one over 520 is what I heard. I think he hit one yep. like 522. Soto hit one 520 feet, which was the long, the record setting for a home run derby. Yeah. Not bad. Which, I mean, balls are going to fly a little further in Coors. They also didn't put balls know, in that humidor either. The humidor? Yep. Is that just something that it's like a humi- makes the it's leather a, a little more loose? No, yeah, it's just a room that's basically a humidifier. Uh, mm-hmm. It deadens the balls a little bit. Um, they didn't put any of the baseballs used in the home run derby in there because uh, they wanted to see home runs. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Otherwise, if, I mean, also, what was it, Sunday night? Was that the draft? I think that was Sunday night. Um, Yeah, the first round was Sunday yeah. night. If you want to take us uh, away there. Yeah, I can talk about it. I, uh, I did watch, I watched the first 10 picks. And then I tuned back in to watch, like, three picks before the Dodgers and then the Dodgers pick. Um, it was, honestly, a surprising draft all around. Um, I don't think people could have predicted this draft. It was kind of a weird one. Um, it started off weird with the first overall pick being Henry Davis, a catcher from Louisville. This guy really just popped up on draft boards this year, um, which makes him even more of a shocking pick. He batted like 280 or something like that, or 270 as a freshman. Didn't get drafted. Um, last year, obviously a shortened season, he batted 300. Didn't get drafted again, even uh, although it was a shorter draft, only five rounds. Um, but he went number one this year after batting like 340 or something like that, with like a 900 op or a 900 OPS or something like that. Really, just ridiculous. Um, Maybe that maybe that was a different hitter that had a 900 OPS, but uh, just insane stuff. Uh, the expected number one overall pick, Marcelo Mayer. I believe it's Mayer. Uh, I think I have a typo here. Uh, Real quick, who was the – just sorry to break that. Oh, who was the – who made the first pick? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was by Pittsburgh. Pirates. Yep, by the Pirates. They drafted a catcher. Pirates slanders continue because they're trash. Fascist organization in baseball in American franchise question mark. Yeah, they think that uh, that Henry Davis kid is going to be able to control a pitching staff for a long time. So I think they went with him, um, and they don't really have a catcher right now. Um, but yeah, the number one expected the expected number one overall pick Marcelo Mayer dropped down to the fourth overall pick to the Red Sox. Um, I don't think the Red Sox are complaining at all. You get a number one overall talent at number four. Um, Jack Leiter went number two, and his Vanderbilt teammate Kumar went number 10. Kumar really dropped um, due to a lack of control and velo a little bit this year. Um, the A's draft another Max Muncy, which was all over SportsCenter. Probably like the only story that got talked about from the draft, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because him and Max Muncy of the Dodgers both were drafted by the A's and both have the same birthday. Um, when and it comes then, to the day. Right? Yeah, the day. The month and day, yeah. obviously different years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Will Bedner, I believe it's Bedner, um, from Mississippi State with number 14. 
uh, to the San Francisco Giants, I believe, after a great season in which we saw him, you know, do some crazy stuff with Mississippi State. Well, what he is he a pitcher? Catcher, yeah, he's something? a pitcher. Yep. Oh, he's a pitcher. Okay. Yeah, him and yeah, him and Cops were like the big guys from. Uh, Who's the LSU guy? Is it Bordeaux? Is that who it was? Um, the pitcher. I know like Jaden Hill was one Red of them. Dough? Something like that. It was like D-A-U-X. Who? I know Jaden Hill was one of them. I don't... That could be... Uh, he was a kind of different guy, though. Yeah, I don't think it was him. It was... I remember I was watching Vandy versus... Um, Vandy versus the old uh, LSU team, and he was, like, pitching really well. He was keeping up with... All the guys, Kumar and Leiter. Yeah, I, I just heard his name once. He was playing pretty good, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe I'm incorrect. But yeah. a side note, some people think Kumar could uh, play for the Mets this season. Pitch for the Mets this season. That's interesting. Some Jeez. people think. Um, I don't think crazy. it'll happen, but. I don't really think so either. Think? I think we did see it was interesting with Crochet last year. Um, because he got drafted and was able to make his MLB appearance, but that was like a whole different circumstance with uh the alternate site and stuff like that. It'd be very mm-hmm. tough for Kumar to debut this year. Uh, we could see him in like start out in like Double A AA or Triple A though. Yeah. Otherwise. Otherwise, I think that's really all we had to say about uh, the MLB. There is some other news, but I think we're going to save that for my crossing the line because I have more comments on it than... Uh, yeah. Just, uh, you know, Stephen A. made some hot takes this this weekend yeah. when it came to the Nigeria basketball team and, you know, Shohei. Yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, do you want to quick tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah, the, the Open, open champion, Championship? Yeah, the Open uh, Royal St. George's, I believe this is where it's at, is this weekend. And, uh, you know, obviously, it's in Europe. So, I'm going to go with the Spaniard. That has won, already won this calendar year. And uh, John Rom, Jonathan Rom. Even though his full name's not Jonathan. But, no reason. He's just playing out of his mind. And other guys I could see, like, Ustazen. Brooksy. I'm really liking uh, the Englishman Matt Fitzpatrick and Aussie Lucas Herbert. Lucas Herbert's been playing exceptionally well recently. The Aberdeen Scottish Open and the BMW Championship over in Europe, he's just been playing very well. And he's he's played pretty good at on the PGA too. But that's about it for, for PGA stuff. And the Olympics... The Olympics is now going to be held under a state of emergency in Japan. So that's going to change up. I believe there's not going to be many fans, if any, now. Yeah, I believe but, I believe they've said that they're going to limit, um, like, fans entirely. Yeah, I don't so know. when... I'm sorry, you can go again. Sorry. When the new world record happens, there's going to be... Um, no excitement from the crowd, essentially. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be some fun stuff, but it's not going to be like when Usain broke the record and everyone was just going nuts. Yeah. Um, I agree. 
Uh, I think it's going to come up to, like, it's going to end up having to be their, like, uh, teammates and fellow countrymen that are competing to uh, provide some hype and some excitement in the stadiums because otherwise it is going to be a dead atmosphere. And, uh, yeah. It's going to be pretty boring to watch if there's no fans. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I like watching the, those events, even no matter what. To I be think fair, hundred meter, obviously, especially because it's think literally it's just a ten be second the, event. The track yeah. events that are going to be kind of tough to watch because, like, you're going to hear every single like bit and piece of the of the event. Um, like full starts, you're going to hear like what people have to say about it and stuff like that, and. I mean, that might be interesting, but, like, you're literally just going to see a bunch of grown men and women just running around in an empty stadium. And that just doesn't sound very exciting to me, in my opinion. Yeah. And, I mean, it's nothing that they're not used to, so maybe we potentially see, like, uh, somewhat different. Like, Marikawa, there was no fans at PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park last year and he ended up winning and no one expected him to win maybe it's something like that where maybe someone just comes out of the blue someone that we haven't heard of yeah but i mean i don't know i really like the field competitions hammer throw jab triple jump all that stuff high jump just all that stuff's kind of exciting shot put discus you know just all those are, are pretty exciting to watch for me personally especially when it's a, just a if it's a world record or not. Obviously, world records are always fun to watch, but it should still be fun. I mean, if you guys think it's boring, sure. Sure. Sure might be, but I just enjoy watching it. I'm not saying that I don't think they're going to – it could be entertaining. I'm just saying, like, uh, I think some track events – I think it's really just the track events because uh, the field events or, like, swimming events, stuff like that, I feel like it doesn't really um, take away – I guess maybe swimming suffers from the same fate, um, but like diving, like your your field events, gymnastics, stuff like that, that's going to be exciting to watch even if there's no fans around because you're going to see some crazy stuff that I know I literally have no chance of ever being able to do ever in my life. I feel like gymnastics, though, they feed off the crowd so much. You know? Yeah. But I think if you watch it's like, like every sport, it's every sport at the that's true. If you watch that's like the true. gymnastics, like um, I, I watch the college championships. It's very weird, I know. Um, but like, the crowd really doesn't do much. It's just like their teammates. They literally sit like I was watching. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, you know, like when they run from or like they do like their stuff from one corner of the mat to the other corner, yeah. that yeah. thing. Um. Mm-hmm. It was their teammates getting hyped, and their teammates were, like, screaming and yelling for them. And that that was cool. So, like, we're going to keep seeing that. We just won't see, like, fans at the end, like, giving standing ovations to people and stuff like that. Sure. But. Sure. What's your guys' favorite event? Do you have a favorite event for the Olympics? Or, like, even sport? Favorite event Either. from the Olympics? Yeah, um, event or sport, anything. Yeah, I do. I, I have two favorite events, actually, which is kind of ironic because they're both track events. Um, 
Actually, I take that back. I like the I like the high dive, like the high high dive. You know. Oh yeah, like the forty or not forty meters, but whatever it is. Yeah, like the ones meters. the ones that like um maybe not even the that chi- much. like Chinese meters? divers tend to win quite a bit. Um, yeah, like that's, in the they're the just like a, one. yeah they're just diving. like a powerhouse in diving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Them in Russia both are, but I like that. So I like the high dive. And I also like, um, I like the, is it the 110 hurdles or the, yeah, the 110 hurdles. For any reason in particular? Um, or? Yeah, I just like the video, or I just like, because um, like, I mean, they do it with like the 100 meter also, but it's not as cool. But like, there's a camera that looks straight down the, like, it'll be past the finish line looking straight back at like where they're starting to run. And I think the video of, like, there's, like in, in the video, you'll see, like, their head barely moves. And I find it so, like, crazy that you're that, like, athletically gifted that you're able to, like, control your body that much. And I don't know if you've ever tried to jump, like, or if you've ever tried to hurdle an Olympic height hurdle. Yeah, they're tall. They're tall. Yeah, they're tall. And they're running it yeah, very fast. So, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of skill, a lot of uh, technique. So I find that interesting. That training. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an odd one. Karn, you got you got one? Mm, not really. <laughs> wow. I just kinda watch whatever's on. I will say I think I I think I'm more this might be another hot take. I, I do like more individual events in the winter Olympics than I like individual events in the summer Olympics. True. In the winter Olympics enjoy the the decathlon or whatever or not the decathlon the one where they the, ski around the biathlon yeah where they bi-athlon. ski and they shoot yeah yeah that's kind of one of my favorites for no reason in particular and then obviously curling shout out to the wisconsin goats i forget what they were called again but they were balling out that one year at the olympics at the winter olympics with the beards and stuff probably had cheese curds maybe some beer there also was that team. I think they're from Minnesota, where they just they decided they wanted to try to uh, compete in curling, and they ended up winning the gold medal. I feel like we're talking about the yeah. same team. No cap. Yeah, we probably are. Um, it was just a bunch of like I thought dads. They, were they might have been Minnesota. I'm pretty sure they were from Minnesota. Let's. I'll I'll do some research on it. Okay. Get back to us there. Yeah. We, should, we might as well just move on to another you, – you were cutting out there for me. No, no, no one say anything. You're good. Okay. Well, I think we lost them. Yeah, I think we did. Oh, there we go. Okay. I think we're just going to move on to the UFC. Connor, if you want to – or who actually wrote down the notes for this one? I, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> Connor, you did? All right. You want to lead us into this then? Sure, sure, sure. Well, I didn't watch any UFC because I didn't want to pay 90 bucks for pay-per-view. And I didn't want to watch it illegally in case the FBI showed up. So, I kind of just watched some highlights. Alright, so the main fight, McGregor Poirier. That highlighted UFC 264. And in round one, McGregor really only landed his uh, kicks against Poirier. Until like the last two minutes where he got taken down and he landed a few more shots. But... After Poirier broke out of McGregor's hold, he had the high ground and landed shots against Connor. But then Poirier let up McGregor, 
And then that's where all the news happened because once he let McGregor up, McGregor uh, threw some punches and then he took a step back and he broke his ankle. So then yeah. Poirier just went after him, started beating him, and then they caught him. I don't him even because... think. Huh? I was going to say, I don't even think he threw a punch. I don't think Poirier threw a punch whatsoever. I think yeah, the, he they did. He threw just a couple. He threw oh, a couple I thought they and just... then the ref stopped it. And yeah, then and then everybody it saw his ankle after that. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough, though. That was tough to see because I think that would have been one of the best fights in a while that we've seen. Because yeah, it's always fun seeing Conor McGregor fight, that's for sure. Then Poirier's uh, winning octagon interview said Conor fractured it on a check at the start of the fight. Like, he fractured it, and then it just broke when he took that step back. Huh. So, Interesting. Yeah. Fractured, that on last a, Mc, oh. fractured on a check, as in, like, he, he kicked him, and that's how it happened? I'm guessing so. I didn't really see the check. I didn't hear about this. Time. Well, yeah, he said that in his interview when Joe Rogan was interviewing him. Yeah, the dog, JRE. But yeah, with that, McGregor is now 22 and 6, while Poirier is 28 and 6. And this was Connor's first fight since the last time he fought Poirier, and he lost back in January. So, tried getting revenge, and it didn't work. I will say, McGregor yeah, did say that. If you don't knock me out, it doesn't count as a loss. That's what he said. He said well, he only he counts knockouts in this in this business. That's interesting to say. Someone should check his tape and see. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's done. Yeah, I don't think he has. Well, he might have been. He might not. Have been I mean, he out. he knew like specific records for how many times he's knocked people out and stuff like that. I just don't know the full quote. I don't have the full quote on me right now. Interesting. All right. Then with another point, we had former NFL player Greg Hardy also fight that past Saturday. He fought mm. Taya Tuavasa of Australia. And this was not a long fight as Taya had a KO TKO in the first minute over Hardy. So Taya got the W. And I was watching the highlight of the KO TKO and that punch that TKO'd Hardy did not look that devastating. Taya kind of looked like he just hit him with the palm of his hand, and Hardy just fell down, and he was pretty much out. Yeah, this is, you know, interesting way that, obviously, Greg Hardy started his career. was uh, He started basically started his career as a domestic assault case because that was the first punches. he Actually, threw. he started as, like, a good football player. And yeah, he started he as a good football player, and then he decided to uh, not do so tough. I was uh, playing Call of Duty Ghosts, and then I heard that, and I was like, yikes. But now he's fighting professionally, so I don't know, you know. I think he's like 7-5 and five right now, so not yeah, terrible, he's a, I guess. Yeah, he's a big boy. I would not I would not ever want to face him in the UFC or just in general. But, All right, then uh, I think we had the, I guess, not the best fight to watch, but a fun up-and-coming up and coming UFC fighter in Sean O'Malley. But Chris Montino, and Martino? I guess since my Montino guy had like a two-week notice before the fight, so it wasn't really a match because O'Malley won on a KO-TKO in like the third round, I think it was. But O'Malley improved his record to 14-1 and one as he controlled the total strikes of that fight to 230 to Matino's 70. 
and I just like watching O'Malley because man, <laughs> he's got he's got some cool tats. He's got some cool hair. He's he's always like jittery in a good way. And he just knocks people out. Wasn't he the watch. guy that dyed his hair like rainbow at one point? Yeah, or, like dyed a bunch of yeah. random colors. Yeah, he yeah. still has it. He's got cornrows in right oh, now. Oh yeah, the cornrows, yeah, the rainbow yeah. colors. Yeah, he's a uh, he's from Helena, and he's he's kind of he's been on the UFC scene for a while now. Everyone from Montana, you know, kind of likes him. There's another professional fighter from Montana that plays or that fights in the UFC. But yeah, O'Malley's really fun to watch. He's got that Conor McGregor esque type ego, where he just feels as though he can knock out every single opponent he faces. It's really fun to watch. All right, then this isn't really UFC news, but it's kind of boxing news because it's going to be the biggest boxing match coming up, or was supposed to be. But Tyson Fury tested positive for COVID, meaning that the Fury Wilder bout number three that was scheduled for July 24th is being pushed back. So, yeah. Yeah, nothing too much there besides, you know, Obviously, Fury testing positive, but I think that would have been a fun fight to watch. Obviously, Fury versus Wilder. Someone, one of these two guys, need to face Anthony Joshua, or someone else, because it's getting kind of old. But it's also pretty exciting. But one of them needs to face Anthony Joshua. Wasn't Fury two zero against Wilder? Well, he had that. He got knocked down. He got back up. I think he is. Two and so one. it's a one and one. No, no, he got like knocked down really hard. No one, no one gets back up from uh, Deontay Wilder punches, and he legit got flattened, and then he got back up after like. The, everyone says it was eleven seconds, but I'm like ninety five percent sure you have to be in a neutral corner for the count to start. So he wasn't. He didn't get to the corner quick enough, and he got up in time before the count finished off. And Fury got up, and then he won that. I think that was the most recent one, honestly. No, that was the f- the first fight, I think. But yeah, it's always exciting watching two like humongous guys. They're both six nine, I think, just absolute units fight it out. But I would love to see one of these guys face Anthony Joshua. Why? If, uh, I'm sure one of them have. Wilder has uh, is has one loss and one tie against Fury. Okay. Hopefully we get another Wilder quote. The, to this day. To this day. <laughs> that, was a, that was a funny meme at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also, speaking of that, actually, Anthony Joshua, he faced Deontay Wilder, but Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua targeted for early as 2022. <laughs> so that would be fun to watch. Alright, so that's a break time or Yeah, yeah, I think with that we uh we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back with the NBA, NHL, and some soccer news. Uh and the crossing the line segment. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> What are we doing, NBA, NHL? NBA, NHL, soccer. soccer. Okay. Who's got us? I can do it. 
All right. Give me two seconds. All right, we are back. We uh, we're gonna be talking about the NBA here, um, and really, there's nothing going on besides uh, the Olympic game, some uh, some pre-Olympic games, and the NBA Finals. Um, and to begin with, we got the NBA Finals here. We got Chris Paul dominating in Game One of the NBA Finals um, as the Suns win 118-105. Uh, I he did have a nasty ankle roll. Um, I didn't think he was going to come back. I, I see some uh, whoever else wrote the notes here as well did not think he was coming back either. Um, and I mean, every, it was all over Instagram and stuff as well. Social media was blowing up about how he played through injury. Um, game two, we, we see uh, the Suns win again. Uh, Chris Paul, another dominant performance. Um, you know, going seven from 12 from the three-point line. That, that's some curry type shooting. Can I be the one to say it? Uh, Booker and Bridges also helped, thirty-one and twenty-seven points respectively. Um, I mean, I didn't watch this game, but uh, I did. Or uh, we do see that Giannis shot eighteen free throws, and that is a lot of free throws for someone who takes over ten seconds every time that he shoots a free throw. Um, but yeah, I do think teams especially the Suns. I think teams throughout this playoff run have noticed that uh, Giannis, he's not a great free throw shooter or shooter in general, I should say. So I think people are trying to exploit that. And I mean, it worked for the Suns in game two. Uh, he did end with 42 points, which I mean, is a lot of points, um, but they did not come out on top. So uh, game three, yeah, we find Oh, I think 11 of those 42 were like free throws. So, so I mean, just add in, just a little over, probably like sixty percent, then seventy percent, sixty percent from the mm-hmm. free throw line, something like that. Um, so yeah, so then game three, we finally see the Bucks win a game, um, and people were saying that you know, this was a uh, that their coach sometimes, he in the past he's had games where he's tried to lose them the game. They said he this was actually a good game by him. Um, we do see Giannis, you know dropping 40 points again but uh playing in milwaukee definitely did help um there's nothing like a home a home crowd uh, especially in the nba and i feel like the nba it's got to be one of the the toughest places to w- or the toughest leagues to win on the road uh, especially when teams are this evenly matched yeah i think basketball crowds kind of get to people more yeah sounds like the closest anybody can really sit I know hockey, you can kind of sit close, but you got the glass. But for NBA, you can just sit courtside right next to players. Talk trash to them if you want. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I mean, we did see examples of it with uh, Trey Young and with, like, Spike Lee and stuff like that in New York. Um, mm-hmm. Or even when they spit on Trey Young. Um, yeah, plus, it's, what... like, it's probably the loudest, uh, I don't know, atmosphere. Because you can hear it through your TV pretty easily. Yeah, and you don't really hear... You don't really hear football or MLB. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, and it does help it's that it's... Out, outdoor atmosphere. Yeah, it does help that it's such, like, an indoor uh, stadium and then that they... It literally does feel like everyone is just on top of each other in these stadiums. Um, I mean, I, you guys have been to Target Center. It, it's, it's not big. It's not, uh, like, massive. Well, <laughs> yeah, we were it's, there, but 
wasn't yeah. too many fans. Okay. But you Literally get my point. You looked around, out. though. Yeah, it was he pretty big, but the hypest, the hypest, like, moment was when Anthony Bennett dunked in the pregame, and that was about it. Sean, we got Boris Diaw's signature, though. Shout Sean, out I want boy. you to know the hypest moment when I went to a game there was Shaq flying into the bench, the Phoenix Suns bench, bro. So think <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think with this, with the Suns Bucks thing, Cam Johnson is not given getting enough credit for how wet of a shooter he is. Like that form, I recognize in the conference finals, that form is just juice, bro. It is so nifty. It's uh, it might be one of the best forms in the game. Like it's it's something to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Well, he also posted a uh, PJ Tucker, so that's true. That. And I, I love seeing PJ Tucker get demolished. Him and Jay Crowder—they talk so much trash. I'm like, buddy, come on now. PJ Tucker whining to the refs after every foul might be my favorite part of watching the NBA Finals. <laughs> Just that's that's a problem. That's one thing wrong with the NBA is all the whining going on. But yeah, some. It's been created over many generations of basketball that it has been created in and of itself. Well, speaking of watching P.J. Tucker, we got tickets as low as $441 for the next game, so you guys try Gross. to go. <laughs> when is the next game? Tonight? It is tomorrow. Tomorrow oh, as of recording this podcast. Well, if I didn't work in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I work in the morning, so sure. If you want to drop a quick 440 and then pay for flights. Easy money. Just ask for like a half shift tomorrow. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, with all that being said, uh, we do also see there's some exhibition games going on for the Olympic team. Um, I mean, we do see a lot of people sitting out due to like injuries or upcoming free agency, stuff like that. Keyword um, ex expedition exhibition yeah e exhibition yeah. <laughs> there um, a lot of guys sitting out I don't know I didn't see anything about that when I wrote these notes it seems it seems as though it's it's just not the time for USA basketball I mean there are quite a people quite a bit of people sitting out um I mean I think it's talking about people sitting out that weren't on the team show. Oh, you're saying like people, people like people that are choosing are, not like to play LPGA on the Olympic and stuff. Team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or like Still Kyle they... Lowry, th like those guys. Um, like whether you hate to admit it or not, uh, impactful players, especially like I mean, obviously LeBron. Uh, I believe AD's also not playing. Yeah, AD um, isn't playing. KD, Drew, Jeremy Grant, Bam, Adebayo, and then Drew Holiday. I think's playing. I th I think uh, the only like guys. big names that are playing. Um, I believe Dame, are just Bradley Beal, KD. That's yeah, and Jason Tatum. I'll give Jason Tatum. Um, yeah, but like, it's bad when they have like Tyler Hero playing, who literally just popped off in the bubble, and that's it. Um, and will never play well again. Hot take. Uh, and then you also have like Draymond. Like those are like, those guys are getting key minutes for them, and that's not a good look. Yeah, I just don't know with everyone from the u.s is usually always good even on paper it shouldn't really be that much of a competition against 
Nigeria especially. And don't disrespect to Nigeria, but you got guys like Josh Akogi, Precious Achiwa, Gabe Vincent. Um, Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, yeah, Al Farouk Aminu. When's the last time that guy played in an NBA game or just got just quality minutes in a game, in any game, anywhere? I mean, I will I, I say, know. like, I don't think it's necessarily a knock on U.S. basketball. I think because, uh, you know, they did kind of form together pretty late. Uh, I think, if anything, it shows that basketball around the world is being taken a lot more seriously, and we're going to see a lot more talent, um, not only in the United or like not only around the world, but we're also going to see it acu- or like accumulate into a much more talented, like much more all-around NBA, in my opinion. We're going to see a lot more people coming from outside of the U.S. and uh, potentially making uh, like a big impact in, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and United States won six of seven last Olympic golds dating back to the 92 games in Barcelona. And now it's just not even looking like they're going to make it anywhere. It's and once again, yeah, it's in quite a bit of jeopardy. Shout out to Alex Trebek. But the the Nigeria team, like Josh Okogi, doesn't get minutes on the Timberwolves. Okay, number one, these guys aren't like you got Dame, KD, Bradley Beal, JT, Draymond, respectfully, one of the better defenders in the league. Like this shouldn't be it should still be a competition. Sure, but it should not should not have been this close. You know, it's 10 point game. Sure. Even five point games. But losing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the end of an era that we've seen. Um, I will say, I think, I think, you know, the the uh, late season last year, um, plus you know a, another long grueling season this year, did is going to be an attributor to uh, either the downfall or very 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 slim success that the U.S. has, because um, yeah, they literally went from they they had like two months of an off season, if that really. Um, like not a big off season at all, and then they came straight back into another seventy game season. So it's like that's just a tough. That's just very grueling. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you guys have listened to it, but Josh Reddick, not Josh Reddick, sorry, JJ Reddick, thinking of baseball again. Uh, JJ Reddick has a podcast, and every person he's have had on this season has just talked about how grueling the schedule is, um, and stuff like that. So. I mean, maybe we're seeing that right now because people, it was such a grueling schedule. They don't want to keep playing basketball over this summer. In my yeah, well, plus it didn't really have a break this season either. Yeah. If you made the playoffs like KD, probably got like three weeks off. Yeah. Maybe four. Yeah. I don't know. It's just on paper, everyone and anyone thinks that the U.S. should win gold, win every match. This is the third and fourth loss in exhibition in 53 exhibition games dating back to, like, the the early or mid mid to late 80s, I'm pretty sure. And once again, in 2019, FIBA World Cup team USA was coached by Pops, Greg Popovich, and took seventh. And that wasn't, you know, that was two years ago. That team was probably quite a bit better. Maybe not quite a bit better, but probably around the same skill level, I'd say. 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this year in the Olympics. Um, I will say I do want to give a quick shout out to Luis Scola because that man is still playing basketball. Um, what? Uh, obviously what? not in the NBA, but I believe uh, I believe he's Argentinian. Argentinian, I believe. Um, yeah, he's either yeah. Argentinian or or Spanish. I believe it's Argentinian, but he's still on their team, um, and that's crazy because he is very, very, very old. Yeah, I think he's going to help guys like Leonardo Balmero. Uh, that's Timberwolves' pick from last year with the top three protected pick from Golden State, and he's looking promising. He's six seven point guard basically. That's just playing lights out. But yeah, otherwise I think that's about it for basketball. Yeah, I think that's Any about closing it. Remarks? As well? Not from no. me. All right, Connor, you want to take us away? NHL. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, final NHL game was played this past Wednesday. So after our podcast last week, and the Tampa Bay Lightning won Game Five of the game, Game Five of the Stanley Cup. With a one oh zero like holy moly. One zero <laughs> win over the Canadians. So that means lightning go back to back like Sean said last week with Drake, something like that. Go back but also to the, back. Yeah. But also the conspiracy with the Tampa Bay mayor is correct in that she said they lost game four or they should lose game four and then win it in game five so they can win in Tampa. That's exactly what happened, so conspiracy, I think so. What's but with I actually Tampa Bay teams kind of balling out though recently? It's the Tom Brady effect. Well, it okay. must be. Must Have you not seen that? that like every year that Tom Brady, like okay, so every year, uh, wherever Tom Brady has lived, like wherever his house is, um, a professional sports team from that city has won. That year that he moves to that house. No, the year that he's lived in a house in a specific yeah. area. Yeah. So Tom Brady and Mayor effect. So basically Tom Brady, if you ever want to win a uh if you ever want to win a professional sports title, just have Tom Brady live in your city. Interesting. Yeah, I watched that game from like the second period to the end and Tampa Bay's defense was pretty stellar that game. Alongside uh, their goalie Andrea uh Vasil- I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Vasilevsky, I think, gave up, uh, like, six goals all series, six or seven. That's pretty good for five games, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like... Oh, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, some of the Lightning guys were toasted, like Kucherov of the Lightning. I think that man had about 15 beers in him, even though he might be Russian. Not really sure his nationality. He was he was pretty gonzo in his post-game interview, or press conference, I should say. Yeah, I feel like being a keeper, especially in the NHL, has got to be just tough taxing on the body. Taking pucks all the time, even if it hits the pads, I'm sure it's still might. Maybe not like you know hits the pad but every once in a while something's gonna slip up and maybe get your neck a little or something like that hit your wrist something like that even though they're protected so i'm sure there's some some hurts but and always being on the knees yeah i don't know 
they they do something that not many other sports have. That's for sure. Then this also means since the season ended that the NHL schedule for next season is about to get released, and I'm excited for that. Because I'm trying to go to a Winnipeg Jets game here this winter if Canada actually opens up their borders. I think with uh, with that being said, we uh, we can move on to soccer. Does anyone want to uh, take it away? I think you got it, Sean. All right. So the semifinals, or not semi, yeah, semifinals, and the finals happened in the UEFA Euro 2020, and it's all started with the round of four game, Italy versus Spain. Uh, this game took a while for someone to score, but... Italy's Federico Chiesa in the 16th minute took it 2-1. Didn't really see this goal at all. I didn't watch the Spain-Italy game. I'm sure it seems like Chiesa is kind of just a basic guy. Gets ahead, uses his skill to get in one-on-one areas. Seems like that whole front of Insigne Chiesa. And I don't know who their right winger was uh, when they played, but just kind of kind of all can take one-on-ones. And Spain answered in the 80th minute with a goal of their own. Not sure who scored that one, but the the game went on to penalties, and Italy advanced with a 4-2 on penalties. And the second game, the penalties is going to be a foreshadow of what's, what's going to come for the it- Italian team as well as the England team. But the second round of four games was against the underdogs, Denmark's, and the favorites, you know, England. Obviously, it seemed like as though every game for England was played at home. That's kind of what it felt like. But Denmark actually got out to the lead in the first half with a goal in the 30th minute by uh, Mikkel Domsgaard. Unfortunately, uh, Denmark scored an own goal, which tied the game. Not sure. Do you guys know who, Connor, do you know who scored that? The own goal? Yeah. Uh, this Kier guy. K-J-A-E-R. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw the highlights of it, and... Saka of England kind of did a cross over the middle to Sterling and that Kier guy from Denmark was just running down the middle and he kind of just slid straight and the ball kind of just hit him while he was going straight and it was a goal by him. Hmm. Oh, rough. Yeah, crossing in FIFA is really easy to defend but when you got a guy like Sterling as fast as Sterling and Saka is a really fast youngster as well going down each wing or down the center, it's going to be tough to defend, and which indeed it was. But no other goals happened, and England's savior, the goal-scoring machine of Tottenham, Harry Kane scored in the 104th minute off a rebound from his own penalty kick to give England the 2-1 victory. So the goalie saved the original penalty shot, then the save went right to Kane, and he shot again and scored, which is also going to be a foreshadow to the England-Italy game. Now, as we get set for the championship game of England versus Italy, England scored a quick, quick, quick. Like, we're talking real quick. Started from the bottom, now we hear a 0-100 to 100 real quick goal by Luke Shaw in the second minute. By good cross by Kieran Trippier. I didn't see this. I watched in the second half, but... It was pretty much very boring game until we got to that final third of the game where Benucci scored. Um, it was 
uh, it was a corner that got headed. Then Chiellini got shoved down. They missed the ball. Then I think it was Insigne hit it, bounced off the post, hit off Pickford's back, went towards goal, and then Benucci just kind of hit it in. And it was it was a pretty it was a pretty easy goal to be fair. Yeah, kind of wide open since Pickford was out of the picture. Yeah, and that's kind of where England almost the karma, not necessarily karma, but it kind of caught up to them that maybe it wasn't time for them to go home. Maybe it wasn't coming home to England. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it wasn't coming home. And a lot of England fans thought the refs were kind of being bums. Some of them, sure. But uh, the main one, which I have no idea how this was a yellow card. Me and Connor both saw this, and it was like the easy, easy. But Chiellini pulled down Saka. It was basically a horse collar tackle is essentially what it was. Like literally just grabbed the back of his jersey by his neck and shoved him down. But Saka also, the ball hit his hand too right as it happened. So, it. I mean, it goes both ways. Obviously, the assistant referee didn't see the ball hit the hand, but Keelini, yeah, 100% dangerous. Yeah, dangerous play. Like, should have been a red. Put Saka in danger of an injury. And then later on, as we got towards around the 85th minute, I'd say, uh, Southgate no, like, subbed. No, it was, uh, was, that it, was like in the, was in the 90th. Time. Was it extra? No, oh, that was, was it like a 100-something minute, wasn't it? Oh, he subbed them on an extra time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we obviously no action really in in regulation. And we got into extra time. Really nothing much. So Southgate decides to sub in Rashford and Jaden Sancho. And obviously to get some attackers to get going for the penalty kicks. And both of them missed. So, or did did Sancho make his? No. No. So Rashford and Sancho missed, and it was all up to Saka against Donnarumma, the, who has been confirmed, I believe, to go to PSG, John Luigi Donnarumma, one of the greatest keepers in the world. And Saka, just, it was tough. I mean, Tough for a 19-year-old to be put at that stage to put his country legit on his back to keep them in it, and he ended up getting it ended up getting blocked, I believe, right? Yeah. So if you guys couldn't understand that, the game was tied one-one all the way through added time, and they mm-hmm. went to penalties. And yeah. England was down three to two on penalties with one shot left, so this Saka guy was up and he missed. So England lost three to two on penalties. Yeah, and of course, you know, if you haven't heard much, England fans tend to be a little racist. We're talking like some hard R's Slightly. from what I've seen in articles. So I also saw a TikTok where it's like, when Sterling misses the penalty, if you are black and in a pub, get ready to run out of there. You got 30 seconds to run out of there is what the guy said. But he was it was a black guy that made the TikTok, so I think he was just trying to make a joke. But yes, the... And unfortunately, it was uh, all three black guys that ended up missing. So I'm sure they're getting some heat from England, which is unfortunate. But it's happened before when it comes to the England fans. They 
they are very quote unquote proud of soccer and sometimes I think their emotions just get to them and they say things they shouldn't say or no one should say you know I also do think um the manager came out manager the coach came out and said um you know pretty much just said that it was unacceptable that people are making the comments that they make um especially you know to these three gentlemen um just saying that they just should not uh be making comments in general to people of color that they were making um because there are some very horrendous things that get said to these people and they're human beings man it it sucks and england fans have been you know it's been it's been a problem for a while but their manager, Southgate, is getting a lot of backlash just for subbing in Rashford and Sancho. These guys are proven. These guys are proven players in the biggest leagues in the world. Rashford playing for Man U absolutely was balling out last season. And Sancho playing for Dortmund in the Bundesliga in Germany. And he's playing well. These guys know what they need to do. I don't know if Southgate particularly went in with Saka. I've heard that he put Saka over Grealish because... They say that the players decide amongst themselves. But I, I've heard so many things that Southgate puts Saka over Grealish and the other way around where Grealish wants, didn't want to go and Saka took his spot. So there's many, just many things going on. And Maybe it's obviously, one big conspiracy. Grealish didn't want to go on purpose because he bet the game on Italy. He bet Italy to win, so he didn't want to go, so he put Saka to go. Maybe. Conspiracy right there. Maybe. And I mean, Grealish was, has just been he's a fan favorite, to say the least. There was a sign that said, Mrs. Grealish, jersey number 69 and one of the uniforms worn by one of the females <laughs> in the stand. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, yeah. it's It wasn't coming home. It was coming to Rome. And we kind of expected that after the 67th minute. Bonucci, Chiellini, just the veteran squad. Insigne, Bernadeschi, Bellotti, Mobile, holding it down. Verratti, just a lot of seasoned veterans know what they do when they come to international play. Bonucci and Chiellini have been playing since 09 in international play. And they they sure look funny. Chiellini especially. You think you, if you saw him in an alley walking towards you, you sure would run, but he's one of the nicest and craziest guys out on the pitch. So, and that's what got him to here. Just a great overall team. And it was very deserving of Italy to win. All right. That wraps up Euro 2020, 2021. Yes, it does. They call it, they call it kind of both, but. Yeah, it is really weird that they. Just vary the year. Yeah. But uh, real quick, in non-related sports news, the Hasbula news, his monkey died. His friend. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw. But if Hasbula is sad, I am sad. So if we Hasbula hate to see sad, the podcast is sad. Is this on his Instagram or something? No, I just kept seeing TikToks. Hasbula is sad because his monkey died. And he had a monkey for, like, ever since he was a kid, I guess. I mean, he still, you know, looks like a kid, but he's 18. So, I don't know. I also saw Hezbollah facing, like, a 
12 year old kid and like puts him in a rear naked choke and just absolutely destroys the kid and i was like all right all right hasbula let's relax just because your monkey died doesn't mean you have to go kill someone but hasbula shout out if you want to hop on we'll get a russian translator we'll do one we'll do an episode I don't I think Hasbula knows who we even are. Vuka. definitely knows. Connor is, is the a... translator. He's just going to say vodka <laughs> in very many different uh, accents. Vodka. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, talk about Khabib a bunch, and then Hasbula will be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then we're all good. Also, um, in sports-related news, now non Hasbula news. Uh, the Joker, Djokovic, won Wimbledon this past weekend and actually has a chance at a calendar Grand Slam, the first since early 1900s or late 1800s, I believe. Actually, no, I think I'm way off there. I think it's 1960-something. Uh, somewhere, somewhere. It's been a while. And, yeah, I mean, obviously he's one of the greatest tennis players of all time. So we'll see if he does it. Yeah, right, it'll be interesting to uh, that'll be interesting to see if he if he does do it. Yeah, I think with that being said, we uh, we can hop into the fan favorite crossing the line. Uh, does anyone uh, want to go first? I'll go first. Sounds good. Because I think me and Sean kind of talked about it this weekend, but it has to do with watching sports. And, like, for us being in North Dakota, we're central time, so, like, most of the start time for big events is, like, 7 o'clock, 6.30-ish. You know, that's pretty decent time. But then when you think about it, like, people from California, Oregon, Washington, these guys are going to watch those primetime games at, like, 5 o'clock. So you can stay up and watch the whole game, and then stay up, like, a few more hours before you got to go to bed. Pretty lucky. And then Sundays, you get to watch NFL football at, like, 10 o'clock. At 2, and then at like 5.30. I mean, living on the West Coast and watching sports is pretty underrated to me. That's pretty much all I gotta say. Like, even the Euros, you could have watched it at noon on Sunday instead of at 2. That's pretty nice, if you ask me. But yeah, that's pretty much why I would cross the line. Living on the West Coast and watching sports is underrated. Yeah, it's... You know, it's nice for guys that go to bed at, like, 9 o'clock, like yourself. Mm -hmm. But for people that wake up on a, like, a, if they sleep in, like myself, like, 10 o'clock, then you wake up, take a shower, it's probably, like, 10.30. Get ready, it's probably, like, 10.45. Next thing you know, you miss the whole first quarter of the NFL game that you're trying to watch. So, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about it, personally. It certainly would be nice for games in the the night to afternoon but earlier in the day would be brutal i wish i i, I wish i sure. could watch them because it does make it, everything comes out just two or everything's just two hours uh earlier compared to us and it, that would just be so nice yeah so living on the east coast really suck yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how those guys do it. East Coast is the least coast. I, I said it. Oof. Central Coast is the best coast. You Facts. Know Great Lakes. West Coast is kind of just there. 
true. It's the middle coast. Um, that being said, I guess I can give mine. Um, so as we kind of alluded to earlier, um, you know, Stephen A. Smith, uh, I mean, a very polarizing, um, I don't even know what you, reporter, I guess you could call him. Would you call him a reporter? Uh, TV personality. Influencer. Or yeah, yeah, TV personality. TV personality, Stephen A. Smith. He's, uh, he's made some interesting comments in the last couple days. Um, I know Sean had discussed one earlier, but, um, or kind of hinted at one earlier, but I'm going to focus mine on the comments he made about Shohei Otani. Um, and Twitter's blowing, Twitter was blowing him up about it. Uh, pretty much all social media were blowing him up, calling him, you know, like, um, xenophobe, um, um, racist, you know, stuff like that. Um, and arguably rightfully so. Uh, this man basically just said um, that, you know, cool Otani's doing cool stuff after, uh, actually I'll give a little more background as well. He, earlier in the year, he said that Shohei can't even, shouldn't even be um, in the discussion to be the face of baseball. This was probably like a month or two into the season um, because he said he was batting 247. Um, this was when he also led the league in major, er, in homers, which he still does. Um, and he was pitching well as well. Like, he had, like, a sub-3 ERA. Um, so, you know, he, he's not the brightest when it comes to baseball. Like most ESPN um, analysts, they're not the, they don't really pay attention to baseball, which, you know, it's whatever. But he came out and said um, that Shohei, it's not good for baseball that Shohei is the face, or a face of baseball, I should say, because he has to use an interpreter. Um, because he doesn't speak the English language, um, which is just a straight-up lie. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but Shohei's Rookie of the Year speech was a speech given in front of a crowd in entirely English. There was no translator. He walked up. He gave the entire speech in English. He thanked the writers um, for voting for him, thanked everyone for giving him an opportunity, stuff like that. Um, So he's very capable of speaking English. Um... You know, it's just probably more like complex um, sentences or complex like thoughts uh, that, you know, might not register completely with him. And that's where an interpreter comes in. But Stephen A. Smith making these comments really just shows um, that he is absolutely ignorant to the fact that uh, baseball is just it, it is it is a worldwide game. Um a large majority, there is a, a, a large popula- or population within baseball, um, especially professional baseball, that are just Spanish-speaking people, um, you know, especially with, like, you ha- we have, like, the Latin American countries, um, the Central American countries, you know. Uh, those, peop- those countries do produce a lot of baseball athletes, and a lot of them um, don't speak that much English, and when they do, it's very, um, you know, like, basic sentences stuff like that uh just to get through and there's nothing wrong with that baseball is a worldwide game i don't care what anyone says you know it can be america's pastime but you need people like shohei you need people like uh ronald acuna who you know for a long time didn't speak he also had an interpreter who also was a face of baseball when he was a rookie um arguably still is a face of baseball and he he just answered his first post game or just like just this season answered 
a post-game interview in all English. That was the first time he's done it in his career. So I think making comments saying that, you know, oh, needing an interpreter is bad for baseball because you don't speak English, um, that shows that Stephen A. Smith is just, you know, very, very ignorant to how worldwide baseball is. And if people also have share that same sentiment, um, it's not a good look on you. Uh, you know, go outside, interact with people. Not everyone speaks English. It's fine. Get over it. Plus, who cares? You hear him speaking Japanese, and then you just hear the translator say the same thing in English anyway. So, who cares? That's all I want to say. But uh, I know I might have gotten a little aggressive there, but Shohei is a face of baseball. He's doing something we've never, ever, ever seen um, because Babe Ruth is a myth. But we've never seen something like this before, so now that we're seeing it, we, we don't need to nitpick him about speaking English or not. So... Well, I saw a comment on something with Stephen A. Someone else commented on it. And he said, well, just remember what uh, Ricky Bobby said. He said, there's nothing more American than watching uh, 11 uh, Dominicans on a baseball field making magic together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, and Stephen A is kind of just a, you know, he's a bit special, to say the least. Man's just trying to get some, some clicks. And that's all it is. I mean, He's, yeah, his whole job is just he gets paid to say something that'll stir people up. That's pretty much it. And then make a face and call Max Kellerman stupid every Stay time. Stay off speaks. the weed. <laughs> um, he also did come out and apologize for it. Um, but his his apology was the old, well, I didn't mean to do it, but I'm sorry that I did it. And it's like, that doesn't matter because you you did say it. <laughs> But that's true. Yeah, that's all I had to say about my cross in the line. Yeah, and the first half of the MLB season, I think viewership has been up an extreme amount, upwards of a quarter of a quarter, twenty five percent basically. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but these guys like Shohei, Cunha, Tatis, Degrom, even you know they're making baseball baseball, and yeah. they're help growing the sport. Which is also all, always nice. And, I mean, that segues mine, my crossing line here, if you're done. Yep. Jake. We're going to be discussing, um, I don't know, honestly. Basically, the importance of taking care of your body, I guess. I don't know. So, recently, uh, the golf swing's been all right. Kind of been little little upper back tightness and some lower hip immobility. Did a lot of stretching recently, just every night and most mornings. And it's just improved, not necessarily the swing, but just the game and the confidence a lot. I can get into a more athletic posture, more helps me strike the ball better. And it's not even just for for uh, for athletic purposes. It's just, just a, you know... I stand all day. I walk all day most of the time because I'm at the course all day. But even in your jobs, if you sit all day, got to stretch out your glutes, got to stretch out your hamstrings because later in life, you know, it's not going to be as stable. You're going to cause knee pain, going to cause back issues, stretching out the calves, stretching out the feet, just everything, toes, fingers, 
just everything you do every day arms full body stretches yoga the importance of that to help you later on in life taking a half hour out of your day 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes at night or a half hour at night just something and follow a strict routine when i did this in february what i would do is i would do i would read a chapter of this book called a champion's mind uh, a book about sports champions essentially and then i would stretch for like a half hour or so 15 minutes probably i wouldn't say half hour it's probably 15 minutes and that was the best my swing ever felt uh i was building a lot of strength at the at the gym because i was actually going every day since i had since i didn't have much to do and i had a gym it's 90 90 foot walk from my dorm so it was really easy to and i had a really good support group in the golf team but it was the best I really ever felt body wise, like no pain whatsoever anywhere and everything kind of felt loose. So I just wanted to emphasize the importance of stretching and the importance of following a strict routine and doing that strict routine, even if, you know, people might might diss on you or anything like that and just following kind of your goals that you wanna that you benchmark for yourself and and setting setting short term, long term goals. I mean, I mean we were taught this as children, but when you actually put it into practice, it changes the perspective, changes mentality, it changes personality and everything, you know? But, yeah, yeah that's a, that's I totally it. agree with you, Sean. Stretching makes a difference in, like, everything you do. As well as breathing. Yeah. I've done, done a lot of breath stuff as well, breathing stuff. I'm not really the one to stretch at all, so I should probably start doing that from now on. <laughs> It's not even, I mean, I, it's even not, when I actually played sports. I never really stretched. I don't know. Yeah, trust Just me, didn't. I know, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the importance of, especially the hips and the lower body. You keep that stable, you're you're gonna be good for a while. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. But anyways, is is that all we got? Yeah, I don't think any unless anyone else has anything to say. Yeah, one last thing. Uh, I just saw the Sports Center post from a day ago that Tampa Bay Lightning were riding around their jet ski with Stanley Cup. Let me tell you, that Tampa Bay water looks like Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Seems like seems like Tampa Bay is not the place to be for a professional sports team. That's for sure. But anyways, uh, shout out to the Instagram. Connor's been killing it. Um, True. Might be handing over the Twitter to Jake soon. I don't know how his thoughts are on that. Haven't. We'll, 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 discu- we'll discuss it off podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're we're trying to improve ourselves. And it, and I mean that's about it. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, like I said, or like Sean said, follow Instagram. Uh, walking the line underscore between walking the and the in line. Um. And then the Twitter's walking the line two, correct, Sean? At walking the line two. Uh, yeah, at walking the line two. So yeah, if you want to go hit those up, that'd be great. Um, tell somebody to listen to the podcast. That would also be appreciated. Um. Oh, also, real quick, shout out to Cody Asbeck putting it on the IG story of the most recent post. Thanks. Props to that. Props to that. That Otherwise. is fire. Um, Connor, you got anything to say? Uh, video podcast soon. Yes, uh, potentially next week. 
depending if we can get it all set up or not. So, um, right. yeah, with that being said, I uh, just want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll see everyone next week. Sweet. See ya. Peace.